Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in the learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Jennifer. I'm your co-host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Today, we're running down our list of the five questions to answer before you start your school year. But first, how's everybody been since last time? I am having lots of fun trying to wrap up an old school year and prepare for a new school year. (laughs) So yeah, that's been fun. I'm also hoping to go on a trip. I have some credit with Southwest Airlines that I have to use before September 7th. And I'm hoping to go, yeah, I'm like, and and I was looking and I actually have enough to pay for a round trip to Tucson, which is where my um, youngest sister and a lot of my nieces and nephews live. So I'm just trying to uh, get over the last vestiges of COVID, you know, a little congestion, a little cloggy ear before I try to get on a plane. So yeah, just, and then trying to enjoy the weather. Uh, We got a pool, like a little blow up. It's not little, it's like seven by... Seven feet by five feet. Has oh, enough water enough to in get it. in. <laughs> yeah, enough water. Uh, my son and I can lie on in there and float, and it's nice and cool for the afternoon. So, yeah, just trying to enjoy the last of summer and, and not bake away with this crazy heat we've been having. Uh, Melody, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I'm really excited that our shower is fully functional. The glass oh. came in for the <laughs> for the wall, last wall, and so... <laughs> That's super <laughs> excited, and I think the only thing that's left in there is uh, paint, trim paint, and touch up and stuff like that. So that's super exciting. And then again, gearing up for the school year because uh, we're at the school where I teach. We're getting ready to we're putting everything on the calendar, teacher meetings, mm-hmm. and orientation, and you know, pinning down those last things. I'm starting to prep those units, and so it always gets really exciting when you start plan or for yeah. me when I start planning it's like oh I'm excited I needed the break in the summer and that was great and now we're looking forward first of all I can't believe it's almost the end of July but I it know. is <laughs> so no, I think I could use another month of a break but but I'm getting ready to gear up and get all those lessons together and that's been lots of fun because it's fun to hang out with all those little people and they like learning and so we have a great yeah. time but that's that's what's been going on in my neck of the woods. How about you, Jennifer? Well, pretty much the same over here. We've uh, been enjoying the summertime with lots of swimming, and uh, we have six six flags passes this year, so we've been doing that a lot with the teenagers. But I also have started uh, working on plans for our co-op classes. Just today, we started working, you know, getting our calendar out to everybody and all of that. So. My kids don't know. They're still just enjoying summertime, but mm-hmm. but I'm definitely starting to prep for, you know, classes and things for the year. When you're the teacher, summer is never as long as it Absolutely. is for the students. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's okay, though. I enjoy the planning part. Tell me too. Today's topic is the five questions to answer before you start your school year. And this can be for new homeschoolers or anyone who's been homeschooling a long time, too. We're trying to narrow it down for you. So we've got questions for who, what, where, when, and why in your homeschooling journey. So let's start with who. Holly, what do we need to ask ourselves about who we're homeschooling? Right. So obviously, I have one child. And, you know, I know who he is, but... (laughs) <laughs> the particulars of your children change from year to year, right? Absolutely. So what does he need this year? He's um he's an excellent reader. Uh, so I know that he doesn't need reading instruction this year. Mm-hmm. I know that he's really interested in um, lots of activity. So for him, um, I need to plan, you know, what kind of um, outlets for that energy are we going to have? And another thing about who he is, is he likes to play games online. So I need to figure out how that might work into our school day or into some kind of curriculum. So when you talk about who, obviously, you know, it's your children, but what are the particulars that make them tick or what kind of things do they need? Earlier this year, I knew that my son was having some speech difficulties with the sound R. So he needed to go to speech therapy. And that was who he was at that time. So we had a plan for him to go, you know, how often was he going to go? How long was it going to take and plug that into my schedule? So who the particulars of each of those little who's in Whoville, (laughs) you have to factor (laughs) those in. Uh, Melody, what do you think about when you talk about who? 
Well, when I would start planning the year, I would look at everybody that I was homeschooling that year. So I had seven children, and for many years, I was schooling six at a time because by the time the youngest was joining our studies, the oldest was off to work. And I needed to know. I always started with the youngest, which would, I mean, that's kind of jumping ahead to win, but I knew that I was going to start with the youngest. So I needed to know what the others were going to be doing while I was doing something one-on-one, like phonics or handwriting or math or all those things that, you know, the youngest ones need more one-on-one. They're just, they're getting all the basics nailed down. And so that's the thing that I would be looking at. Who's doing what and who needs me to be one-on-one with them and who can be independent and can the older ones entertain the younger ones while I do something with the middle ones. And so that was one of the first things I would do. I would just sit down and map out like who's doing what and who has mom at this time and what is everybody else doing while I'm working with mom and then also like Holly mentioned who needs to read who's independent where are right. we in our lessons do you need extra are you flying free on your own but that's a real that's that's where I started who are we this year yeah. it's like everybody's at a different age from the beginning of the previous year And then some people have got some new hobbies or some people Mm -hmm. are really racing ahead in something that's super easy. So like, do I need to reevaluate that? Some of the older kids may not need you to be homeschooling them anymore this year. You know, they might be doing it on their own. So they're kind of off of your own, you know, off of your scheduling. That's right. Um, Especially in larger families that happens. And then Mm -hmm. for many families, uh, they don't homeschool all their children. There's families out there who have, some children that they homeschool, some children that they send to public school or private school or a co-op instead. Uh, so if you're in a family where each of your children is doing something different, that's another thing to look at is, you know, who exactly is going where for school that's this right. year. That's <laughs> a good point. When my oldest daughter was going into high school, we let her try public school. And so mm-hmm. I had to factor in, you know, her schedule. Yeah. When was she leaving the house? When was she coming home? I had after school kids who came, mm-hmm. um, as many um, homeschool families do, making a little money. You're the the parent that's at home in the neighborhood, so you might have mm-hmm. kids coming after school. So you have to figure out how all those people and their different needs and schedules, yeah. what they need, and how to fit that into your schedule. And it's a lot. And then who about yourself? I think we didn't say anything about the, the homeschooling parent, but, you know, what are you doing this year? Are you volunteering? Do you have a part-time job in or out of the house? Um, do you have appointments and, and things like that? So a lot of that, you've got to get that all figured out before you can even start Absolutely. making a schedule. And if like Melody and I are doing, if you're also teaching other children outside of your home in a co-op or a class, you're also needing to consider those who's that you know that's that's a really good point so it's a pretty it sounds like a very basic question you know from the start but there's actually a lot involved with it and I love that Holly that you talked about their little personalities and where they're you know their learning stages and because it's so important and it's you know knowing who your kids are will Mm -hmm. help you decide what your school year will look like yeah if you have an active kid and you get some kind of a sit-down curriculum that's not right. going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that brings us to the next question. The next question is what? What do you want to teach this year? So, how, Melody, how do you normally approach that? Well, we, our unit study a family, and we also apparently are unschoolers. <laughs> That's what we <we've> <laughs> Apparently. Um, but I would sit down I and uh, I was using Konos a lot or else I was writing my own units based on what people were interested in. And I would just sit down and see what was coming up. What did we want to do? And I would start with a year like, okay, here we have this many things going on this year or, you know, weddings or graduate, all the things that happen, reunions and things, get all that on the calendar. So I would know how much mm-hmm. time we had to devote to different topics, which was very flexible because if we mm-hmm. wanted to take a bunny trail, we would, or if something was a dud, we would shorten that lesson. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I started with looking at where we were in our lessons for subject areas that I was using, like a textbook or something like that. That was easy. I just picked up to see, okay, where are we? 
what lessons are we doing? I would figure out how much they could do per day and figuring out the, like the routine of that kind of came later, but Mm -hmm. just collected, did everybody have the things that they need for this coming up here? Do you need the next math book? I had one spelling thing that went from like kindergarten all the way through. So I just, do I know where you are from when we left off last year? And handwriting, I think we had some handwriting workbooks, but we did a lot with just like, here's your paper, (laughs) blank paper, and let's work on it. But I would figure out, where are we? What are we doing? Who's doing what? Try to have my list of things already, like we talked about before, if you're going to book fairs or you're watching the used curriculum sales, or if you have a Facebook page with, you know, curriculum sales, mm-hmm. making sure that, like, do I have everything or can I get it easily? Because I made good use of the library. I didn't buy everything. I would go and see right. what the library had. And so sometimes yeah. it meant, you know, can I... I don't know, different libraries are different about when you can reserve things or how far out in advance you can reserve things. But I'd take a few minutes to see what I could what I could use that was, you know, available freely. Or I would shop my shelves because after so many years, it was a, there was a good chance we already had things that we could use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's key um, to having it organized, which yeah. we talked about a while back where I am <laughs> like, I don't know what all the books are I have and where they are. Um, so, yeah, that... The what is really important. I had met with a friend about a month and a half ago. She was considering changing from one style of teaching to another. And, you know, you have to kind of decide these things and and get them solidified pretty soon. Right. Because school, the beginning of school is looming. So if you're if you're making a a change, um, you need to know why you're making that change and figure out what the focus is that you want to have so that you can get everything in order before all of a sudden the school buses are patrolling the neighborhood (laughs) and you're and you don't have anything ready for your own children. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I don't you know, I think Melody mostly you your kids learn sequentially I think over the years like you were saying you had programs that you continued so you would know the start you know where they stop and continue with it well right like if you're using a math text but if you're if you're not doing that you have more thinking to do right and so for my my family since we don't really that's not really the way we've been learning um I have discussed this before but we usually have you know a, a parent teacher meeting, a child mm-hmm. parent, I can't think of the right way to say it, a teacher meeting with our, each student of our kids, teacher. you know, student teacher, that's it. Uh, and, at you know, before we start planning what we'll be learning for the year, because uh, ours is heavily based on what their interests are for the year. So to decide what we're learning, I asked my kids, you know, what would you like to learn this year? And that's kind of our jumping point for the whole year. And sometimes for me, it's like a theme for the year or for a few months or something like that. But even as an unschooler, uh, even the way we learn at my house, I, I need to, you know, a little bit of advanced notice, a little bit of thinking put into what we're learning, uh, even on a loose schedule with a loose uh, curriculum. So that's how we do it. We, you know, we talk, we think about what we're interested in, and then I start finding the resources for those things. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You can't get resources unless you know what you're going to be doing. Right, right. right. Some sort of a uh, plan. Support what they like, you know. Mm-hmm. That's such a good idea because not only are you getting some kind of a plan and like it's loose and fluid and you can change it, mm-hmm. but but you're teaching your children how to plan or plot out a direction or how to get things yeah. done. It's more than just academic. It's like, okay, we want to learn this. Here's what we need right. to do. We need to have some kind of a loose framework. It can be as structured or unstructured as your family is. Right. But you kind of have to start with figuring out what are we going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I also want to mention that part of figuring out what, you know, what your curriculum is or your learning style for the year or what resources you want to use includes deciding if you will be teaching this, the topics to your child, because there are options for homeschoolers to take uh, classes outside of home, you know, in co-ops or one-time classes, or if there's a subject you're not comfortable or don't feel like you're able to teach your kids, uh, that you want to outsource to somebody else somehow. So, you know, let's say, 
you know, high school chemistry that comes up often is one of these kind mm-hmm, of classes, you know. So if you're not feeling like you can really give your kids high school chemistry at home right now, when you're talking, thinking about what you want to teach this year, this is the time to decide, hey, I need to look for another source for that. Right. That's true. And some of those things you have to sign up for yes. much earlier than you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right now. So it's, yes. I'm mm-hmm. so glad you brought that up because some people get closer to those high school years and it's a little bit scary because they're like, how are we going to do this thing? I don't know the first thing about, but you can find people. You can find right, people. Absolutely. So you might find yourself homeschooling outside of the home by utilizing some of these classes, but that brings us to our next question. Where, if you are homeschooling at home, are you setting up a certain learning environment? Have you done that, Holly? Um, no, I I had a lot of kids, and so the rooms were filled with children. I didn't have a schoolroom. Uh, we mainly schooled in the living room, um, especially for things we did together, um, like reading our Bible or looking at art prints or reading poetry. Um, and then for things like, you know, handwriting practice, where it's really important to sit properly, have your feet on the floor, we'd go to the table in the dining room. They do math there as well. And, you know, sometimes you're not at home. Mm-hmm. So some we do a lot of nature study things. So we um, we like to get outside. And so we have to plan for the, you know, have like a pack that we can take with us for right. those out of the house learning experiences. In the house, I, I like to have things fairly well organized. So we're not wasting a lot of time looking for our materials. I have a really cool coffee table that has um, a shelf underneath of it. And I yeah, keep all, great. yeah, I keep all my teacher stuff under there and it's neat and tidy and it doesn't really, nobody really sees it when they come in the house and I can just reach down and grab out, you know, oh, here's the, uh-huh. the lyrics for the folk song where we're, we're going to sing now. And, oh, here's um, some information about these art prints I have hanging on the wall. So, um, yeah, our our whole house is really our learning environment. Um, yes. And I've, I've never had the luxury of a special room for it. And I don't think my kids would have stayed in it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about y'all? Did you, any, either of you have dedicated learning spaces? The whole house. We, and all of the outside. We did have dedicated space, shelf space for our materials. Like everything yes. had a place to go. And for a long time, our dining room was one whole wall was bookshelves, and that's where mm-hmm. everything was. But we kind of did the same thing, learned in the living room, and we did a lot of school around the dining room table. And if they were reading, they were typically on their bed or up in a tree or, you know, <laughs> wherever or we would just sit out on the porch. And it just depended on what we were learning. Some things lend themselves, so let's go outside and learn this and some seasons of the year is too hot to do that or too cold. And so we're just all over the house. But um, occasionally we did take outside classes. And so we would all, yeah, you know, pile into the car and off we went. And everybody was learning things with a group of friends. And that was all really great fun. Plus, we learned a lot. I just, I love tapping into the knowledge that's out in the community. Yeah. But, Mm-hmm. You know, so homeschooling took place everywhere. Science in the kitchen, in the bathroom. I don't know. Just lots of learning. Always. <laughs> Always everywhere. So what's funny is, as you know, the only uh, unschooler here, uh, we had a school room. We just, we always used our dining room as, as a school room. Like the kids would call it the school room. Oh, nice. And it was set up that way as, you know, all of our books were in there, all of our, whatever posters, resources, things on the wall, maps on the wall, you know, and then a big table so that we could all be around it doing projects together. So I think I, I always kind of made a space for that because of having a large group of kids and us wanting to do things as a group. Uh, but like your kids, uh, they rarely did school in the school room. <laughs> uh, we were all over the place, uh, outside, in all the rooms, and you know, down at the lake, wherever they wanted to learn, whatever worked for them. But that's for this question, that's what you need to look at, right? Other other people need to look at what works for you, and you need to be getting that ready before you begin your school at home. Yeah, and don't be surprised if you 
get something set up and you love it and then it just doesn't get used that way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I always go into every school year with like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, and some things just don't work out. Um, for our house, we have a hallway. It's fairly wide and I have a narrow shelf in the hallway where I put a big bulletin board and I have um, lots of different books in this little shelf and extra notebooks. And I have a, a globe and I have a, a map of the United States and some other resource books. And it's handy because it's not taking up any room, you know, in the rest of the house. And it's an area that would have been unused because you're just going down the hallway, you know, a couple times a day. But it's a nice central location where yeah, we, can, that's great. we can go with our, you know, let's get the globe and look at the globe. And, oh, mm-hmm. let's see where that is here on this United States map. And yeah, we have a I calendar. Yeah, maps all over the wall. Oh, yeah. You know, we um, do a lot of stuff in the living room. And so I decided a while ago that I could use the living room to display some materials. But I, I have this... I don't know. I like things to look nice and and not, mm-hmm. you know, real haphazard. So uh, we study an artist for 12 weeks. Each term of school for us is 12 weeks. So I print out the art prints and I hung them on. I put some strings up and I have these little clips and the art prints are hanging up in the living room. And I have a map for we're going to be reading Pilgrim's Progress. And I bought a map from someone on Zazzle. It's a beautiful map and that charts the progress of Mm -hmm. christian and and that's on the wall and i have a little i have a little plaque that's um a quote from uh, malala um about a one pen one teacher one book uh can make an amazing difference in one year in a child's life so it's kind of educational setup but it's aesthetically appealing which that's how i have to do things um but it's it makes our living room you know a resource for our our stuff. So we don't have one certain school room, but we have school in most all of the rooms. And I think probably most homeschool families, that's what it evolves into over time. Uh, it just, you know, it does spread throughout the home and, and every room becomes a classroom. But mm-hmm. for some people, they do prefer to have a set up, you know, classroom at home. And that works for a lot of people. So, you know, if we're considering uh, the question of where and you are interested in, in creating a home, uh, you know, school at home, you need to really look into all the different ways that you can do that, what kind of resources you want in your school room. Uh, and then also you need to kind of keep your expectations, you know, real, like you were saying, your children might not want to do school in that room all the time. It just might be a place where you store everything. Yep. <laughs> that's okay. important. That's important. You've got to be able to find your materials. Yes. <laughs> We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll discuss the final two questions to answer before you start your school year. It's summertime, and I know I'd rather be swimming in a pool than sitting at a computer. When you need to build a transcript, it can be a laborious, time-consuming process without the right tools, but never fear. Transcript Maker is an online tool that allows you to create your own professional high school transcripts quickly and easily, poolside, lakeside, or wherever you are. It's always a good time to save money, especially when there's summer fun to be had. Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial, so you can give it a test drive and see what you think. Happy Homeschooler podcast listeners can save 20% off their subscription by using our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Don't waste your summer inside. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In our first half, we talked about who, what, and where you want to homeschool this year. In this half, we're going to discuss when and why. When is huge. It's a huge question. It involves so many things. Where should we start with that, Holly? Um, Well, every year I start with buying uh, calendars and planners. Of calendars. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I do too. And oh my gosh, I have so many. So I have, um, you know, I have my Google calendar. Yes. That uh, my husband and I, we put in all of the things that are going on. And y'all rejoice with me. I taught my tech averse husband to actually put his stuff in the Google Calendar <laughs> and invite me to it. 
It took about a year of me just putting stuff in and keep inviting him and he'd get an email. Why am I getting this email? But anyway, you know, I've got the Google calendar so he knows uh, when we're going to be out of the house. Liam's parkour is on it. uh, Any appointments, uh, park days, activities we have with friends. It's all on there. But then, you know, that's only one of the many onion layers of calendars I yes. have. Because then I have, I always buy a student planner, not mm-hmm. for my student. It's for me. And I I plug in, you know, the beginning date of school and when we're going to take off for winter break, when we're going to take off for spring break, how many weeks. I learned to write that in pencil. Please yeah, learn from right. my example. <laughs> Don't, yes, you yes, know, yes. I had so much white out in one of these student planners one year. I was like, and I don't like to write with a pencil. It's just tactilely. That's not even mm-hmm. a word. But the tactile feeling of it bothers <laughs> me. I like to write with a pen. But anyway, write with a pencil. You'll be thanking me later. You'll thank your future self. And then I have a teacher planner. Um, normally, every year I've been getting the homeschoolers journal. It's really great. It was designed for homeschoolers by a homeschooler. And I usually buy it from, I think it's Christian Book Distributors. It's like $10 or under. It's really wonderful. But um, in addition to that, I always print out a, oh, it's like a little calendar where I can check off the number of days we've done school. So each day when we get done, I check it. Because not that we're obligated in Texas to have a certain number of days, but I like to keep track of the days we've been in school for my own information and also if anybody ever questioned our homeschooling I could be like here we go you know here's my 180 days so this year I bought a different planner that has that little checkoff in it and this planner is called the checkoff homeschool planner ha 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 how obvious (laughs) Uh, it's from schoolhouseheaven.com and I've never used it before but I got a really good deal on it and it incorporates two things I like so I'm going to give this one a try this year but I got to get all this together right and then I'm planner. Mm-hmm, it's a planner. Okay. So it has um, it allows for 180 days mm-hmm. and each day they give you seven grids where you can write in um, the subject and the assignments and you can check it off when it's complete. And it's got that little attendance tracker and it also has report cards in the back of it if you should want to use report cards. So it seems pretty handy and I'm always up for trying something new. And then I have a meal planning calendar as well. <laughs> so I'm lots, with you. I have all of these too. <laughs> yeah. I I keep trying to figure out, is there a way I can get this all into one thing? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think I that tried, works. I, I tried doing it all on the Google calendar for a while. It just didn't work for me, but I also like paper calendars and I mm-hmm. like having a wall calendar. So do you ever print out your Google calendar? Cause I yes, do that sometimes. sometimes. I like wall calendars with very large squares because Mm -hmm. there's so much that had to go in there. So I was tracking the meals at the, like the bottom of each square that kind of ended up being its own little system that didn't actually go on the calendar. But yeah, I'm with you. I like the, I like my planners. I don't have as many calendars as y'all do. (laughs) That's a lot. I'm a little more streamlined, but um, that just developed over the years. Like definitely the wall calendar, because if it's not up there on the wall calendar, it is not happening and it does not exist. I also have a calendar in my office. I have a wall calendar in the kitchen. And a calendar in the office that I write physically everything on them. Because if I'm in my office and somebody asks me, like I'm on a business call and they say, can you do this Zoom meeting? I'm like, I have no idea. You have to know. Right. Yeah, hold on. Right. Oh, so many calendars. Well, and I keep my calendars because sometimes it's like, when did we do that? And I will go grab the calendar from that year and pull it out and find out. But like. I do the same thing. It's such a time capsule. It is. It really Everything's is. on it's there. Great. When somebody lost a tooth or got a tooth or like all the things are on the calendar. Like for us, we used the calendar on the wall. Our school stuff kind of tracked along on a different sort of deal for me. I didn't, I started out with the teacher planner, but I didn't like, you were talking about whiteout. Like I did not <laughs> like having to backtrack and stuff. And so mm-hmm. as time went on, our units had their own little plan, which was kind of a grid. I guess that's. So it's kind of like a planner. I just didn't buy one. Yeah. Where I knew what we were going to be, like sketch out what we would do each day of the week. And I would record all the serendipitous things that happened or things we just happened to see on TV that happened to go with our study. Or it was a review of something else we had studied. 
Um, but for those other subjects, I would, like I had a little spreadsheet with, you know, the days 1 through 31 on the left and columns across the top that I just used to record each each kid had a sheet. And so mm-hmm. that was their checkoff sheet for the math lessons. Did we do spelling? What were they reading in the Bible? Anything where we just did the next lesson or anything we did daily that I wanted to track with a checkoff space. And I would do those a month at a time. So that way we would not get too far off at the end of the month. I could adjust and I did not have to have a lot of white out, but I like pencil. So I would draw that in pencil. And, you know, I could use that to record a grade if we were doing grades. We really only graded math. And that was only because the kids wanted to know what grade did I get? And it's like, ah, you had to go back and redo it anyway. So (laughs) why do you You want a grade? Yes. Liam has just recently wanted grades. I'm like, really? Why? But he wants them. So when you teach to mastery, you know, but they still were curious. And then they would, so we would, we would grade for math. I could put a grade in there if they wanted it or they also knew how to use it too. And so if I was busy, they could look on their sheet and know what to do next. But I just got tired of my my main calendar getting gummed up with all the things that life with everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, before before a person even gets to filling out the calendar, they have other questions that they need to answer about when they want to homeschool. Oh yeah, you need to decide ahead of time if you plan to be you know have a structured schooling day or have a more loose open day. You need to decide, uh, you know, what months are you homeschooling? Are you homeschooling Mm -hmm. year round? Are you homeschooling every month? Will you be taking off extended breaks? Things like that. And then, you know, are you, are you going to school every day of the week? Or are you just doing a one day school? Those types of bigger schedule questions need to be answered first. And one of the ways that I've always done that is think about what my priorities are for the time being, um, you know, out a year ahead usually, but uh, if my pri- priorities have been like more getting out in the world and learning in a hands-on way, then I make sure that our calendars and schedules have room for that and for being out and interacting with people. But if you are a person who likes a more structured homeschool environment, then you're going to want to think about, you know, what hours of the day you'd like to school and how many days a week and and get that set up and in place before you start working on filling in that calendar. <laughs> Yeah. And the other thing I would say is that when you sit down with your calendar, you need to put in the things that can't be changed first Yes, and work Mm -hmm. around that. So for example, um, I work from home and I don't always know how many hours I'm going to have to devote to work. It just depends on things that come up during the day. So I don't have set hours for school, but I have set things I know we're going to get done each school day. And then the things that are regular, like uh, Liam's parkour is at 10 o'clock every Tuesday, that's Mm -hmm. on there. And then I work around that with, you know, the school and the work. So if I if I look in at my my work email in the morning and there's some urgent things while I'm doing those urgent things, he can do things like listen to our composer, uh, do his independent reading time, look at art prints. And then when I we're both available at the same time. I grab him and we start to run with what's on the schedule for that day. Um, so for me, I don't I don't plan certain school hours and I don't plan certain work hours. I'm real flexible on that. And whatever is not flexible, that gets on the calendar first. That's an important point. And one of the things I'd suggest for new homeschoolers is to remember that your kids socializing is the priority. So if you know about local park days or things like that, find out those schedules and get that on your calendar because I've met so many people over the years that say like, Oh, I wish we could come to a park day, but you know, we do school from eight to four every day. So we can't come, but you need to remember that those things are important also. So I I'd suggest, like you said, finding all of those things that don't change first and then working your school hours around those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important for you and for the kids. Yeah. Because um, the parents need that time with other homeschooling parents. Absolutely. You know, if for no other reason than to say, you know, my kid wants to read his book upside down in the chair. Is that okay? And other parents will be like, oh, yeah, as long as they... That, yeah. Yeah, my kid (laughs) did that. Or, you know, you just find out that 
some things are perfectly normal or you get some tips and tricks or you just right. get to talk to grown-ups, which just is a valuable thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely yes, make priority. And and the nice thing about those park days too, especially for the new homeschoolers, is they're in the category of what I call low commitment activities. And yes, those so activities important. are the ones you want to do in your first year. Um, because if you can't do them, the stress level is very low. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. But do make time for them in your schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're you're making a very very strict schooling schedule where you don't have freedom to you know participate in things that are going outside of your home, it's going to be much harder for you to enjoy your homeschooling. Right, and we usually had we didn't have a really strict schedule but we did have a routine like after breakfast we do school but breakfast included cleaning up and hanging out the laundry and a few quick chores and the kids Mm -hmm. knew the day had a flow Uh, it wasn't rigid that's just not my style at all but it definitely was organized like we had a flow to the day we knew what to do next and so that's kind of hard sometimes in the beginning if you're coming to homeschooling and your experience has been the bell rings and then you change classes it is a little bit hard for people to make that shift. Yeah, yeah. So I just like your lessons don't take an hour. They're not going to take as long as you think. And no. so you can mm-hmm. get a lot done in a short amount of time. And it's okay in the beginning if if you start out that way. Just give yourself permission to experiment with, you know, some other ways to do your lessons. And a lot of homeschoolers yeah. in the beginning, like they have these five lessons that they want to do that park day. And so looking at your lessons and seeing what you could, can you make these two lessons into one? Or can you do like two lessons and one practice set? Or find there are ways to change what you're doing, especially if you're using material that was designed for, you know, 180 days of instruction. And so Mm -hmm. it has like 200 lessons. You you don't always have to do every single one. Some of those things are right. review. Some of those things your children already know and you know they mm-hmm. know. You can move ahead. And it just takes time to figure out what you can what you can flex on and what is going right. to really, you know, like don't skip something important. Um, but, but people, you're smart. You can figure that out. Yeah, and, and leaving room for flexibility. There's going to be sick days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's going to be just, yes. you know, playing hooky days. It's okay. Um, so just I call those teacher work schedule, days. Teacher yeah. work days. <laughs> yeah, teacher work days. So, you know, when the laundry is taller than I am. Yep. And uh, the yard needs mode. Well, we're going to use some sorting and classification skills. We're going to get some physical activity outside doing yard work. You know, it's all how you how you talk about it. <laughs> it well, yeah, and all of that. I'm so glad you said that because that was really part of our routine and our scheduling. I mean, people think we're going to schedule your school day, but the day included maintaining the house and making the meals right. and doing the laundry and you know, like keeping the house picked up because I like things to be tidy. And for a long time, we lived in a really small house with a lot of people, and so. Like, I like to know where things are, and we would just, well, we called it five-minute maintenance, and we'd set the timer for five minutes, and everybody, it was like a game. We're trying to beat the clock, and we'd run around, pick up all the little things that were just everywhere, and get all that stuff put up as fast as we could, and then move on to something else, and actually, I usually did that before meals, because that was sort of the carrot. Hurry up, let's get this done, and then we'll sit down and eat, but that that was how I... <laughs> you know, maintain sanity to keep on top of those things so that I didn't get overwhelmed. And then if we wanted to take, oh, I don't know if it snows, like it never does here. We want to take a day off to play in the snow. I didn't have to worry about all my school lessons, you know, I was Mm. free to just go half. Yeah. We have also talked about some people like to school at night. I know that uh, that's kind of uncommon, but you know, thinking about schedules, it doesn't mean that you have to keep what other people consider a normal schedule. You can do when it, when it works well for you. Oh, yeah. I can Saturday school. Right. I told my son recently, so we have a lot of books that are um, called free reads with our curriculum. And they're they're not books that we have to narrate. They're just good books that are suggested to read every year. Um, and we're not getting as many of them read as I would like. So I said to my son, you know, I think we're going to end every day reading for about a half an hour to 40 minutes. So I'll, I'll read aloud. And that's be a nice way to end the day and then get ready to go to bed. 
I'm hoping that this year, um, incorporating that, when are we going to get those free reads done? Um, we can read a lot of those really great books. He is an excellent reader, but he doesn't pick up a book and read on his own. Yeah. And so I thought, well, you know, he has required so many minutes a day to read on his own. And then if I read, I think we'll get a lot more books read this year using that technique. Yeah, so, that's yeah. It's a, that creates a really nice special time too. Mm-hmm. It's a nice time of the day together. I like that. Yeah, and it's not. It doesn't have to be from nine to five. It can be in the evening. Mm-hmm. We can just yeah. enjoy our literature then. Yeah, I love that. So now that we've talked about the first four W's, let's get to why. I think a lot of people never ask this question and never answer it for themselves. And it's really important to know why you're doing what you're doing and to be able to communicate that to your family, to yourself, to your children. Um, And it keeps you, I think if you can answer why you're homeschooling, it can keep you, uh, you know, focused on your goals with your children for the year too. So Holly and Melody, do y'all ever make a mission statement for your year? I have never written one, but I usually have one in the back of my mind. You know, each year there's something I want to focus on. Uh, with my son. So last year, the focus was um, getting his speech issues resolved and getting him to be a really good reader. Um, The reason why is that if kids learn to read well, then they can read to learn. And this coming school year, he's going to be moving into an Ambleside online year where he's expected to do more independent uh, reading of his texts. Uh, I'm not going to throw him to the wolves and make him read everything, but I am going to require him to do more independent reading. And so um, this school year will be focusing on more independence. Generally, I would sit down kind of like with your kiddos and you sit and plan uh-huh. and everything. Part of that for me would be, I guess you would have called it a goal. Like what is the one thing for this child? The one, If nothing else yeah. gets done this year. What's the one thing this child most needs? There were obviously other things than just one, but I wanted to make sure that I was putting my efforts toward the thing that was really most important for them for that time in their life. Whatever it was, like Holly was talking about Liam's, you know, speech or this or that, or it could be little things like learning to tie your shoes or if it was a small child potty training or just whatever it was, for sometimes it was like, speak kindly to other people (laughs) it just depended on what people were doing or needing that year or it could have been reading we had some years where like someone might be you know children naturally learn to read at different stages some kids are reading well at six and some kids are reading well at 10 and we don't want to freak out if it's just developmental so it's like figuring out analyzing evaluating what's going on and so I would have those I guess they were goals for the year, but they weren't like goals that were on a wall and I was going to hit them with my target. It was just like, this is something I need to be mindful of. I need to be watching for this. And I wrote those things down because, you know, life at the end of the year, I needed to be able to pick up that piece of paper and like, oh, yes, we did actually hit that goal. And sometimes they'd hit that goal right away and I'd set a new one. Um But as far as mission statements, we really didn't do that formally. It was just kind of that general. Sometimes it was like, you know, there for a while and people had a word for the year. There were some years like that. (laughs) This is the theme, kind of like a theme. The theme for the year seems to be whatever, growth. Or the theme for this year seems to be, you know, giving or whatever it was. And we would just kind of, some of those things we just realized as we went along. And then there were some years at New Year's where we would, you know, we didn't really do New Year's resolutions. We just kind of like reflect and consider yeah. what what should be what should we be focused on this year. Mm-hmm. But we did, we did do that. And then also knowing why you're homeschooling is so important because oh, you, so important. If you have, I guess maybe I should say, when you have a rough day, it is Always, really yeah. helpful <laughs> to be able to say, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this because." It matters. It's important. That's why I brought up the mission statement. I wouldn't say that my family has a formal mission statement, but for me, myself, I've always, you know, gone back to, I want my kids to learn to love learning. That's, that's my whole goal of what I'm doing. And that stems from me early on pulling my oldest ones out of school because they weren't loving learning and it wasn't, you know, something that they were enjoying and it was really discouraging. 
So for me, I just, that is my whole goal is that I want my kids to love learning. Um, and so keeping that in mind has really helped me, like you said, when there's a rough day or when something's not working, particularly when something's not working for them and I'm stuck and, you know, my parent kind of intuition is saying, well, we should keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then I stop and remind myself of, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing with my family. And that allows me to take a step back and not push things that aren't really working. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've had, uh, over the years, lots of, uh, homeschooling parents come to me and ask me, you know, for advice on, for lots of different problems they're having. And I always ask them, well, you know, you need to, I remind them that you need to remember why you're homeschooling and take a step all the way back to the beginning and remember why you're doing this. Yeah. Knowing your why oh, is important for everything that you do. Um, you know, over the years, um, my family, we've had a lot of issues where my husband, he had a broken leg and he was laid up at home for 12 weeks, non-weight bearing. He had a a severe head injury where he, um, we didn't know if he was going to get better. For six months, he had seizures. And a lot of people thinking that they were helpful would say, oh, you know, you might want to put your kids into school. Uh, you all are having so many, so many challenges right now. But because mm -hmm. I knew I that. that homeschooling was the best choice for my children, for the way my children learned and the way our family worked, I wasn't tempted to put them into school. Yeah. I, I knew that even if we had to scale back our studies for a little bit of time, that we were still going to meet the goals I had, which was to allow my kids to pursue their interests, to have a relationship with each other and with us. I remember my mother saying a lot to me, you know, wow, you really know your kids. I didn't know you girls that well. And I always thought, oh, that's so sad, you know, that you didn't feel like you knew us. But I know my kids and, you know, um, those things, those relationships um, were always very important to me and at the forefront of why one of the reasons why we decided to homeschool. Yeah. So those are the things right. that, you know, if it helps you write it down somewhere, um, it's good to talk, you know, talk to your spouse, talk to your kids, talk to your parents uh, and, you know, vocalize why I'm homeschooling. This is why I've made this decision with my children and with my spouse. Um, and just, you know, it's really a great focal point throughout the year and it overrides, you know, all the other goals, even when the goals aren't being met, if you can rely on having a really good solid basis for your decision, it, I think that it helps you throughout all of the years. I agree. Oh, I agree. And I think it's a good idea to share that with your children too, mm -hmm. because my kids knew that we were homeschooling so they could learn how to learn and learn yeah. how to think and learn how to live and have the skills they needed to be successful people. And they knew that because people ask them too. And so it's good for them to know why we're homeschooling and why I didn't put you on that bus that stops at the corner every morning. And so it, you know, it's just the family lifestyle. This is the way our family lives. And so it is such an important thing to know why you're homeschooling. Here at the end of our podcast, we sometimes find ourselves in the book nook where we discuss the books on our minds and our bedside tables. Holly, do you have a book to discuss today? Well, it's it's kind of a book. I um, got the Rainbow Resource Curriculum Guide and Catalog in the mail the other day. And uh, some of y'all uh, are new and you may never have heard of Rainbow Resource, but let me tell you, they're huge in the homeschooling world. They've been serving the homeschooling yes. world for uh, decades. And this book is not just a book that you can order things from, but it's a book that will actually teach you and guide you in your homeschooling choices. They have, they have a little acronym called Family Factors to Choose Homeschooling. And it tells you, like, uh, what is your faith or philosophy? You, we're talking about why are you homeschooling? Mm -hmm. There's that one. Um, and there what approach go. to teaching do you have? And it reviews what the different approaches are. We had an episode on that. It talks about how much money can you spend on homeschooling, which um, <laughs> we probably should talk about more often. A lot. <laughs> um, yeah. And it talks about a lot or um, little. each individual child. So we talk about who, you know, how do they learn best? 
and what season of life is your family in. That's going to dictate, yes. you know, what kind of choices you make. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, the parent, the educator, what are your limitations and your priorities? So that's on the first two pages of this valuable, valuable catalog. And you can go to their website, rainbowresource.com, and request this catalog for free. And it's got, I mean, it's got 272 pages in it. And it covers yeah. every kind of curriculum or topic you can think of. And they, they have these little, um, oh, it's like a little comparison chart for all the different things. Oh, my gosh. I just, I literally, y'all, picked it up and hugged <laughs> it to my chest when I saw that was in the <laughs> I mailbox. I was excited to hear about it because I, I used to get it. I don't know what happened or when it stopped coming, but I thought it wasn't a thing anymore. I love catalogs, which I know are... <laughs> kind of outdated at this point. No, but, I love them but too. That one in particular, I always loved getting. Well, I love the way that for each resource in there, there is a really well fleshed out little paragraph about that resource, like not just two or three lines. They, someone has used it. They tell you what they liked about it. They tell you what might be challenging. I mean, the reviews for everything in there are amazing. And if you can't get your hands on something, if you've read the description in the catalog you really do have a good idea of whether it worked for you that is great love that catalog well and there's so many um curriculums uh with which i'm not familiar and people yeah. who are new will often ask me oh have you used you know the good and the beautiful have you used this thing have you and sometimes i'm like i don't know anything about it but with this i might just start taking this to park day um, that's a good <laughs> so, idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, so people idea. ask, I can say, well, here's what they say about it, and here's a little <laughs> comparison chart. And no, you can't keep my rainbow resource catalog, <laughs> but you can look at it. And you can get uh, yeah, your it's own. a valuable resource. Yeah, yeah, definitely go to Rainbow Resource and and request the catalog. And and might I just say that since they do contribute so much to the homeschool community, if you do have things to purchase. Um, you might think about, you know, giving them some of your homeschool dollars. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you get the Rainbow Resource Catalog, let us know what you find there. You can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram at instagram.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Or reach out on Facebook. You can find our page and join our group at facebook.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. I'm Jennifer. I'm Holly. And I'm Melody. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Jennifer Jones. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Holly williams Urbach and Melody Gillum. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you get the re... Sorry, starting over again. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you get the rainbow boat, I say rainbow today. <laughs> no you rainbow. know you just recorded the outtake, right? I know. <laughs>